us being here. Amen. Because God is in the place. And when he's in the place, we get everything that we need. Amen. God is such a loving God. So let's just stay right where we are and let God continue to do what he need to do. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. spend in his presence you don't want him to go because when you're in his presence everything is right there for you and I think that sometimes we just rush through being with the Lord because just being in his word is being right before him so we lose interest in him because we take interest in other things we can spend 24 7 doing what we want to do but when it comes to God, mm, we don't even want to give him five minutes. If God don't say nothing within those five minutes, we're gone. But when you be still and know that he is God and you have been in his presence, you know when his presence come in and fill the room. Sometimes we get so hard-hearted that we don't even know when God is moving. When Siobhan was dancing off that song, and, you know, some people was tapping in to him. Let me tell you how you know you tap right in. Because the next song that says stay, you stay. Then you know if it's your emotions or if he's still here. See, God will test you and try you. Because sometimes we move off of beats. We moved off of how the song hit us, our emotions. But when the spirit of the Lord is here. You don't hear nothing. You just still right there. That song helps you to bring you to that place where you have already been. And you can stay there. You can. When you're with him, it don't take nobody to get you all stirred up. Because you know when he enters the room. You can't do nothing but cry. You can't. Sometimes you just have to just stand there. Because, see, when the presence of the Lord is there, the praise is stopped. You ain't hollering no more. When you're still hollering, you ain't finished the praise thing. But when you get in the presence of the Lord, there is a stillness. There is tears flowing. And sometimes you just drop down prostrate because you're saying, I know he's here. I know he's here. We have to take the time to experience God. Some of us just want, you know, it reminds me, the Holy Spirit is reminding me when your battery in your car go dead, you call somebody to give you a jump, right? After they give you a jump, that car is steady running, isn't it? See, the Holy Spirit is there to bring the power. 
But if you never call on the Holy Spirit, if you never sit still and talk to the Holy Spirit, you're not going to experience the power of God. Some of us just want a quick fix. Just, just give me the jump and I'm on my way until I need another jump. Because you leave him out of everything. You leave the word out. Just give me a jump. You get high on Sunday, but Monday through, through the rest of the week, it's just like, oh, well. You don't want to open your word. You don't want to stay before him. But you want somebody to tell you something. It's time, y'all, to get to know him for yourself. Because when you get to know him for yourself, you can hear him quite well. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that truly your presence is here. Surely your presence is in this place. And, God, you come in this place, God, to do what you need to do. God, I thank you for the rest, God, that we have in you, Father God. And, God, we welcome your rest today. God, we welcome your peace today. We welcome your love. We welcome your healing Because, God, when you come into place, everything that we need is right here in this place. So we just want to say thank you, God, for everything that we have. And I hear you say, let me out of the box. Let me out of the box. Let me come forward. God, I thank you, God, that we forget about ourselves. And we lean and depend on you. And, Father, today I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for my helper, my teacher, my comforter, my standby. I thank you for the one that walks alongside of me, Father. I thank you, God, when I need understanding, the Holy Spirit is there to enlighten me. The Holy Spirit is there like a lamp under my feet, like a light unto my path. The interest of your word gives me light and gives me understanding. Holy Spirit, you are truly welcome today in the name of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you that I have been, not going to be, but I have been crucified with Christ. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and who has died for me. Because it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. So I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's go to Genesis. I don't think it's going to take us long to get there. Genesis, the sixth chapter. Amen. Genesis, the sixth chapter. Let's see what the Lord has to say. And I'll read. I'm going to start with verse five. Genesis six, verse five. Well, I'm going to begin at 1 and go through verse 5. And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always scribe with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became, became mighty men, which were of old men of Reon. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continue, continually. I want to talk about this morning pop-ups. Pop-ups. I tell you what, God has a way of... um 
doing things and he has a way of showing us things that need to be seen and sometimes God will bring it in a way that all of us will benefit from what God is saying. So we need to keep our hearts open. We need to keep our hearts receptive unto the things of God. Each time that we come into the house of God, before we come into the house of God, we need to say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm ready to receive it. God, even if I heard it over and over again, maybe there's something that I have missed that you want me to hear again. Because like I said last Sunday, we can go through this whole Bible over and over again, and we can go back to a passage that we have read many times, and God give you more revelation. He give you more illumination on that passage, and he bring things before you to let you see what he would have you to see for that time. The reason why God gave me pop-ups is because God was showing me that, you know, dealing with the computer, we have data um, going in, we have data coming out. But there comes a time when things have to be changed with the program, meaning that sometime on your computer it'll pop up and say you need an update or to pop up and say, you know, there is a virus. It's according to what type of computer you have. So you get all these pop-ups, or sometime with um, Apple, you may have a wheel just constantly turning and turning and turning, and it's so slow, and you trying to figure out what's going on. That's like a pop-up. So it's something that's going on when things pop up, that have to be taken care of. Just like our bodies, when you're used to how your body is and all of a sudden you start feeling a certain way, something has popped up. You know that something is going on that did not occur before, so you're saying, what is this? Where did this come from? This is not how I usually am. My focus is off. Something pops up. So God began to say, I want you to teach them on these pop-ups so they will understand what's going on in their lives. When you don't understand what's going on in your lives, you turn to many means. Some of us turn to medicine, and we try to take that medicine to get over whatever's popping up. Because sometimes we may be anxious, so we take a pill to calm us down. But see, you just getting the symptom. You haven't gotten to the root of that pop-up. We go to things to get a quick fix because we say, you know, this is going to help me because this was created to help me. This is part of what God has done for us. But I don't know about you. When something is going on, I want to say, God, where did this come from? Because I don't want to deal with it later. I want to deal with it now. If I got a pop-up in my life, if I become anxious, angry out of nowhere. I want to say, God, where does this anger come from? This is popping up too much. Somebody just say hello and the anger in me just rub and I'm ready to pounce. God, why is this stuff popping up in my life? God, why am I feeling low today? That's not me. God, why am I feeling depressed? Why are these things popping up in my life? We don't take the time to sit and ask God, why are these things occurring? God, what's going on with me? I'm having pop-up after pop-up. I'm having relationships. I'm having things pop up from relationships, from finances, from sickness. God, I'm having so much popping up. What is the root of all of these pop-ups? As y'all are aware of, at least some of us, when things pop up on my computer, I want to know what's going on. Because I just can't sit there with the thing in my face. And I'm trying to do what I got to do. And that thing keep popping up. I'm like, oh, no, I'm tired of you. We got to get rid of you. I got to find out why this is popping up. So I'll either Google it and say, this is what's going on. Because I want to have some knowledge before I go pay somebody something that I can deal with myself. 
Some people leave pop-ups there and it gets worse because you say, I can buy another one. No. Because that's people that just, you know, don't care about where their money go or how things are. Or some people get other people to deal with their pop-ups and don't want to know how to fix them because they don't have time. So they call people to fix these things and long as they're operating, they're okay. Do we have some in the room? You wait on everybody else to fix it because you don't want to take the time to deal with it. But God said we got to deal with these pop-ups because if you don't deal with these pop-ups, they will deal with you throughout the day. We always try to find a quick fix to what our flesh want. But you got to remember you are three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is the real you. That's the part of you that's born again. That's the part of you where the life of God is. But your soul is the part of you. Catch this. It has to be renewed every day. Every opportunity that you get, your soul has to be renewed. Because if your soul is not renewed, it's not connecting to the real you. So the body is acting just like it don't know Jesus. This is the problem in the body of Christ. We want to tell people we're safe, we're sanctified, we have tongues, we have all of this, but your lifestyle ain't adding up to what you're saying. See, you got to make a connection to who you are. And the only way you can make a connection is through the word of God, because the word tells you who you are. And if you're never in the word, knowing your new identity, you're going to act out who you were. That's not who you are in him. So this is why we have so many problems in the body of Christ. Everybody want to do something, but you don't want to handle those things that you're suppressing. Because if you don't handle them, they're going to pop back up. And they pop back up stronger than before when you add stuff to them. So when God was giving me these pop-ups, God took me back. He always go back to the beginning. And the reason why God take take me back to the beginning, because he said, I want to take you to a place when I created everything the way I wanted it to be. See, when my mind starts wandering somewhere, I don't know if you have a wandering mind like me, but sometimes you can sit there and your mind can get off track and you have to bring it back in. You know, you have to wheel that mind back in, get the reins of it and say, wait a minute, where you going? You don't supposed to be over there. That's not who you are. Y'all, come on now. I know it's some people in here that talk. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. I go down the road. I'm like, that devil is a lie. I don't receive that in Jesus' name. That's not God. So you got to bring that mind back under subjection to who you are. Some of us let this stuff just keep going. Just keep going. We take thoughts. Oh, they don't like you. And you don't capture that thought to say, you know what? It don't matter if they don't. I'm already accepted by God. I have a man who loves me, who accepts me. Even when I was in my mess, he accepted me. You better grab that thought. Because if you don't grab that thought and you let it go, it's going to keep popping up. And then you ain't going to like me. You liking me without a cause. Because of what you come up with. It's because of what you perceived. But God took me back to the beginning. He said it was chaos. It was nothing there. 
He said it was void. It was darkness. He said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And what did God do? He created it the way that he wanted it to be. And the Bible says that everything that God created was very good. That means it was goodness all over God's creation. It was so, so good. So as the Lord began to share that with me, he began to let me know. He said, even in creation, when I said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. He said, that means that man was going to be a spirit being, was going to have a spirit on the inside of him where he can commune with me where we can fellowship, where we can come into relationship together. He said, I had to create man in my image, in my likeness, giving him my characteristics. That means male and female. Some people get it crooked. They're thinking that male is supposed to dominate. He gave both male and female rule on the earth. But it's according to what you're doing with what God has given you. Everything got to come into alignment the way he created it to be. So when he said, let us make them in our image, we know that they were spirit beings. But then we know that God put his breath in that body. He created from what? The dust of the earth. Then after he created Adam, which represent male and female, Eve was in Adam. This is what he said. Do not eat from the tree. Every tree that's in this garden, you are freely, you can freely eat from those trees. He said, but the tree that's in um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, don't eat that tree. Don't eat from that tree. He said, if you eat from that tree, he said, you shall surely die. Guess what, y'all? That was a promise. How many know God don't go back on his word? He said, you shall surely die, not dying um, physically, dying spiritually. Y'all, it's something when you're dead spiritually. You don't have that life of God right there. You have death in the midst of you. So this is what he told them. Don't eat from that tree because that's where um, they would know right from wrong. And this is where I'm getting to. They didn't know right from wrong. Only thing they knew was good. That everything that God created was good. So inside of them was nothing but good. And the enemy knew, he said, if I get them to eat from that tree, guess what? They're going to have to decide now. They're going to have to decide between right and wrong, and I'm going to confuse them. Because everything that's good ain't good. I don't care how people smile in your face. See, the devil can smile in your face, face because look what he did to Eve. He was right in front of Eve. He used God's creation to get what he wanted. So after they ate from that tree, guess what? The spirit of God, the life of God departed from them. And this is how we get to Genesis, the sixth chapter, when it says that there was um, wickedness. The imaginations of men's heart, male and female, was evil continually. All they thought about was evil. That ain't what God planned. That's not the way that God wanted it to be. But this is what happened through the fall. Because we know through one man's sin... It brought death upon us through one man. And that one man is who? That one man is Adam. So through what Adam done, through him sinning, through Eve sinning, it brought death. And we know where there's death, there is no life. So death was brought upon the earth. So can you imagine? They're on this earth. And everything that they thought about, everything that they imagined was evil, was wickedness. That's all they knew. 
They didn't think it was sin. Now I want y'all to look at this fallen world now. You got people doing in and everything and they think it's okay. And they look at the church like, y'all goody goody. Y'all think y'all too perfect. I don't know about y'all, but when God brought me out of a place, when he brought me out of a place that represent death, why do I want to go back to that place? See, this is why you need the word of God to know your place. Because your soul still have that stuff there. But what we have to understand is God is such a good God that the only thing he wanted us to know, y'all, was goodness. He didn't want us to come in contact with evil. So this is what happened during the fall. And I like how the word of God put it with God. Go with me to James. Y'all, I love the word of God because when God show you stuff, you can't do nothing but say, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. I receive that, Lord. So we're going to do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. Go to James. And I'm going to tell you how good our God is. Maybe some of y'all know how good he is. But I have learned when I know how good he is, I back up off stuff I don't supposed to be on. When I know his goodness, I don't do what I used to do. Now listen at this. I like this. Go to James 1.12. Tell your neighbor, say, we're going into teaching today. Say, a lot of teaching. And some preach. We don't know which way the Holy Ghost want to go, but we're going to follow his lead. It said in verse 12, listen at this. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Isn't that something? Happy, fortunate is the man that endureth temptation. How many of us know we cannot endure temptation without the help of the Holy Spirit? Without the he- Oh, my goodness. Temptation is dealing with evil. Because that's what the devil tempt you with is evil. But he tried to use good in the midst of that evil. This is why God said don't touch that tree. Don't eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said because the only thing I want you to know is good. Because I'm a good God. He said that's all you need to know. But the devil twisted it. And tried to make them think you better eat from that tree. Because you will be just like God. Duh. I'm created in the image of God. I don't need nothing else. I got everything I need. Do you know why we go after everything? Because we feel like we don't have what we need. But the Bible said our contentment is in him. We should be content in him. And if you're not content, it's because you have not touched. You have not come into relationship with him. Anytime you're still trying to get stuff, it's because you're not satisfied. But when your satisfaction come in him, knowing that you're complete in him, you don't have to have what the world has. You can say, wait a minute, I have everything that I need. Because he has supplied all of my needs. Sometimes we get it because we can get it. How many know when you can't get it, you can talk about, I don't want it? Hey. How many when you can't get it, you, your testimony is, I don't want it, I don't need it? I'm coming down for this one. How many? I don't want it. I don't need it. But soon as you can find a way to. Now you're justifying. How you got. Oh, hallelujah. I can praise him all by myself. See, that's why you need to keep your business to yourself. You don't need to tell nobody you don't want it. Because deep down in your heart, you want that man. 
You want that woman. You want to have sex with them. Don't even say you don't want it. You in heat. Have you ever seen a dog in heat? Mm-hmm. Everywhere they go, they in heat. They can smell a woman fall off, a, a female dog fall off. You're looking for your dog? Oh, just go to your neighbor's house. It's my dog over here. Yes, ma'am. He, he pulled up about 20 minutes ago. Get your behind home. I ain't paying for no babies up in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Stuff that you say you don't want, you find out a way to get your neighbor. Say to get it. Come on, all of us has been in that boat. Have we not? We always say what we don't want, but you hang around a person, y'all, this is so good. You hang around a person long enough, what you say you don't want, and you see them with it, whoop, pop-ups. Pop-ups. All of a sudden, you were okay. You wasn't seeing that thing. But now you hanging around the person, you seeing them with it, pop-up, after pop-up, after pop-up, now you got it. But we never say we have anything for the kingdom. That don't pop up. What's wrong with that picture? Hello, somebody. When it comes to the kingdom, we don't have these reoccurring pop-ups, Brother Willie Shaw. People don't have them reoccurring pop-ups. They fall from their mind. Even when they try to come up, you're shaking your head saying, no, 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 no. But when it's something we want, it's right there. You can reach it. Okay, come on home to mama. That's mine right there. I see you right now. So this is what happened. Okay, we in James. Y'all like got off track. but uh, It's all right. It's all right. Because God going to bring this. God going to help. It's some deliverance in this house. We're going to help you to understand why we continually have these pop-ups. Amen. So it said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Endureth temptation. Endureth temptation. Do we have some in here that's enduring? Say it again, Sister Janet. Say it like you just said it. She said, Lord Jesus. I love to hear her say it like that. Lord Jesus. She emphasized that. I emphasize it like this. Lord Jesus the Christ. Blesses the man that endureth temptation. I got to stay there. The Holy Spirit ain't telling me to move. Blessed, happy, fortunate is the man, evangelist Newton, that endureth temptation. Now, why am I staying there? And why would I be so blessed and happy? Because I'm enduring temptation. Why would I be blessed if I needed a man? I needed a woman and I'm staying away from them. Why am I blessed, y'all? Why am I blessed? That's something I want. So why am I blessed, happy, and fortunate not to be with that man, Snip, or that woman? (laughs) No, that ain't you. That ain't you. (laughs) That's an example I'm using. I'm asking him a question. He's settling that right there with his wife. That ain't me. That ain't me. Never said it was you. See, never said it was him. I'm just teaching. I'm just teaching. He's making it clear so nobody.
that he messing around with a woman because he knows he know Jonas. Ain't this good? So why would I be so blessed and fortunate, Kim, to endure temptation? People don't look at that like a blessing. They look at it like, oh, God, a curse. Because I can't have a woman. I can't have a man. I can't have the car. I can't have this and I can't have that. People look at that like a curse instead of a blessing. Because if the enemy is enticing you. Oh, ain't this good? I'm so blessed. What about y'all? I'm so blessed because when you know you can endure a thing, when that thing is looking you in the face and you can back off off that thing and say, "Uh -uh uh-uh, you ain't coming to my house. I'm blessed. I'm fortunate because I endure temptation when the enemy is tempting me to curse you out. When the enemy is tempting me to talk about you. I'm so blessed and fortunate because I don't do what the enemy is tempting me to do. Because temptation is dealing with sin. That's just the first part. For when he is tried, you're going to be tried. Do y'all think y'all ain't going to be tried? Everybody in this place is tried with a little something, something. You're going to be tried because the enemy know your weakness. Come on, he know mine. I smell genuine leather before I hit the store. I remember we went in the store and we was just looking around me and Sister Nice. We was looking at them Brahmins. What me, Sister Nice? Sister Nice say, Possum, you already know the price of that Brahmin. I said, mm-hmm. It's about $400. Sure enough, that thing about $400. But you got to resist temptation. I had to submit to God. And I had to resist that smell of that Brahma. And I had to keep it going. See, that's why you blessed and you fortunate. Because you don't want to take money that's needed for something else and grab hold to something that you know you don't need. Now, if God say, go ahead and get the bag, I'm going to get the bag. There's going to be some money in the bag while I'm carrying the bag. But if I'm carrying the bag and can't even buy me a Big Mac, I should have left the bag in the store. If I can't get nobody, no money when the church asks for it, here I am with a Brahmin. I'm so blessed. Isn't this good? See, the word can be good if you let it. If you let it come on in. So then he said, when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. How many of y'all want the crown of life? Which the Lord have promised to them that love him. See, we're blessed. We're fortunate. We're in a place with God because we love him. And we're not allowing temptation to come and entice us, right? But then it says, listen at this. Let no man, which is woman too, say when he or she is tempted. When we're tempted, we're tested, we're tried. I am tempted of God. You know, people try that mess. They try to say, well, God is trying me. No, 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 no. We're going to get to that. For God cannot be tempted with evil. You know, the problem is people don't know evil because they're making evil good. Y'all notice that? They're making evil turn out to be good, so they say it ain't evil no more. So then he says, with evil, 
evil, neither tempt he any man. So we know God ain't going to tempt us with what? But people cannot distinguish now between evil and good. And we're going to talk about why. See, there's a reason. See, I can see something you may not can see because you've been in evil so long, it doesn't turn out to be good to you. Mm-hmm. But every man is tempted. This is the thing. Tempted means tested, tried to sin when he is drawn. Y'all know what that drawn means? <laughs> hmm? Huh? Pull. A way of his own lust. Y'all know what lust is? It's a desire. It's a craving. And it says, and entice. Entice means to lure and bait. So guess what? Let me read it again. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away with his own lust. You get tempted when you're drawn away with your own lust, when you're enticed. What the enemy does is, you know what you shouldn't do. I'm, I'm going to go here. A sinner no right from wrong. A sinner know not to steal because them commandments is in the sinner. They know not to steal. They know not to kill. They know right from wrong. They, a sinner know you cannot go in a married man's house and mess with their wife. A sinner knows that. They know right from wrong. They know they can't come in a parcel house and open her refrigerator and cook up her food while she at work. Because that ain't their house. Now ain't nobody dumb. You know right from wrong. So we know right from wrong. So when the enemy is enticing you to do something, you know what's right and you know what's wrong because you have a conscience. You know. But we choose not to do because that's what we choose. But he says that you're drawn away by your own desire. By your own craving. But how did that desire and craving get there? That's what we got to talk about. How did all that get there for us to be drawn away? Because you keep walking into it. You don't want to leave it alone. And I'm going to tell you why you don't want to leave it alone. You know it's wrong. We know what's wrong, don't we? But we don't... This is what people... This is what I hate. This is what I hate. When people know what's right, and they choose to do wrong, what is that called? That's what the Bible say. When you know what's right, and you choose to do wrong, that's sin. So apostle, how can you tell me what I'm doing is wrong when you know what's right, and you're doing what's wrong? How can she come to me and witness to me when I know what she's doing is wrong? So her testimony and her witness ain't going to grab me. Because I'm looking at what she's doing. How can you tell me not to lie? An apostle could be a thief. But apostle ain't seeing. Now she know I'm using this for an example. Apostle ain't seeing herself as a thief. But I'm seeing her as being a thief. And I'm saying well how can you tell me to quit lying. And you well how am I thieving? I ain't stole nothing from nobody. So then when I begin to break it down to her. She be like oh. See that's why we got to spend time with the Holy Spirit. So we can be an effectual witness to people. So the enemy won't come back to us. Because the enemy entices us. He lure us. He draw us in. Oh, I got something to tell y'all. And this got to be said. Let me put it in a way because offense comes. I look at it like this. When a man and woman come together. 
They come together as. Help me somebody. Help me somebody. Come here, honey. You see that man sitting right there? That man right there gave me to this man. So he just as much as in fault if something happens. <laughs> I'm picking on daddy. I'm picking on daddy. Daddy, daddy said it. Daddy said it ain't funny. Listen. So he, my daddy had to walk me down the aisle, right? Or he had to stand and say, you know, what, what is that saying about what they say if anybody reject? What's the saying? Say what? Oh, my God. Is that what it say? Catch that. Who gives this woman? Say it again. To this man. My daddy have to say, I do. Or the parents have to say, I do. Right? So he lets go and he sit down. Who's still standing? Him. Him. So we may, and see, y'all, this is what God has given me with pop-ups. I want y'all to understand. And God always give me relationships. Have y'all noticed that? And the reason why he give relationships, because we're one in him. Father, son, y'all don't get it? Father, son, and Holy Ghost. So in order for me and him to stay together, we have to be in a relationship with God before we come together. See, that's why you need to be up under godly counsel. You don't just say, I do, because you want to feel good. Because you've been feeling good before you said, I do. But now you wanted to make it look right, so nobody won't say you're doing something that you already... So when they come up and they turn, and he turned me loose to him, we're going to face the preacher. Isn't that right? And they're going to go through those vows, right? Do you take this woman? Do you take this man? It's too late now, not unless you want to be embarrassed. Right? Too late now. Some people know goodness well, I better not do this. You hear in your conscience. You heard your conscience before you hit the door. Don't do it. You heard your conscience when you was picking out the wedding gown. Don't do it. Oh, God. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I want to show y'all something. I want to show you something that we're missing. See, the conscience and the Holy Spirit, they work together. They work together. You heard, you heard your conscience say, no, wait. But no, you're thinking about what you see is the beautiful wedding. You see yourself coming down the aisle with the beautiful gown. You see everybody with their eyes on you because you reject it. You want people to know I can have a nice wedding. I got a man. And you ain't got nowhere to stay. Oh, help me somebody. Don't know nothing about being one. Don't know nothing. Let me tell y'all something. This is why I'm showing you pop-ups. You got to take care of these things before they pop up. And if they pop up, you can stand so once we did all our, our do's and we got the rings and everything and you're kissing the bride and you're doing all of these things and all of a sudden you're like, what have I done? But you're one. You're one. 
Whatever he go through, I go through. Whatever I go through, he go through. He can't say my problem ain't his problem because my problem, his problem, his problem, my problem. Whatever he bring in the house, I got to deal with it. Whatever I bring in the house, he got to deal with it. But we got to deal with it through the word of God. That's why you don't want to be unequally yoked. That's why you want to serve the same God. This is why when you serve in the same God, when you have pop-ups in that marriage, you can go to the word of God and say the devil is a liar. We're one. Whatever you don't like according to the word, I don't like according to the word. Joseph and Mary had some pop-ups. The first pop-up was Joseph was saying, I'm going to get rid of Show him. He ain't even had Mary. And can you imagine he'd even slept with his wife? See, that's what's supposed to have happened on that wedding night. It's supposed to have to come together. And then he said, now we won. But Joseph said, you coming back here big as a tick? And you telling me to accept you? Who you been with, woman? Kill her dead. But then because of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, God began to lay Joseph down. Oh, I want to get ahead of myself. He began to lay Joseph down and he began to tell Joseph, you don't know who she's carrying in the womb. Let me tell you about Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Let me tell you about the healing that's in her womb. Let me tell you about the deliverance that's in her womb. Let me tell you about the prosperity that's in her womb. And you got to help her carry that. Oh, God is so good. See, he had to be a helper unto Mary. And now men say, don't let women speak in church. See, you don't even know what the word says. If a woman didn't speak, some men be dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they come together as one. So this is what I'm saying. When we come together as one, ain't no dipping and no tripping. I'm, I have to go here. Because in a marriage, he's going to be tempted by women. He's a man. I couldn't be tempted by men. I'm a woman. Because God put that there, right? But the Bible tells us to flee. It's going to pop up. If a man don't be tempted by a woman, something wrong. I'm going to have to say, what's wrong with you? You men better quit lying. Just run. And you women better quit lying. Because a man going to come before you and the enemy going to have some pop-ups and say, don't he look devil? You are like, yeah, my husband look good. He look real good. See, you got to change it. Don't be lying. See, that's a liar right there. They're going to lie, 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 your pants on fire. Don't be lying to that man or that woman and say, baby, I ain't never had nobody tip me like you. You lying. You lying because these women out here, they'll be half-dressed, come in the mall, look like Jezebels, and the man is walking drunk trying not to look. The only thing I need to tell y'all, you men, is stay home. Because one going to come cross you. They're going to come cross you. 
And don't say you didn't see it. Yes, you did. How did you miss it? It walked in front of me, and I know both of us ain't blind. <laughs> Come on, somebody. If it walked in front of me and I didn't miss it, tell me how you, you say you missed it and your eyes wide open. You need to go get your eyes checked. See how the devil used that lie. Didn't you fussing about that? We won. <laughs> we won, right? We won. You got to speak up and say, you know what? Don't be playing them little games with me. I know what you saw. Let me help you get it out your mind. Y'all know I'm playing. I'm just playing. But this is what happens now. This is, I'm getting to the point. I'm still in the word. Y'all come back. Come back. Come on. Come on. Come back to the word. I'm still in the word. Because guess what? Remember, but guess how the enemy do. I'm using men and I'm going to use women. But guess how the enemy used this enticement to lure you and bait you. The first time you see a woman, men, that turn you on, that light your fire, and you don't get rid of that. When you don't get rid of that thought, listen to what I'm saying. When you don't get rid of that thought, see what he's doing? He is enticing you. He is luring you. So even though you ain't touched that woman in your mind, you still seeing pictures of that woman and you using the wife to project what you saw. Mm-hmm. It says, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. That means there's that lust, that's that desire that's there. Check this out. I like verse 15. Then when lust have conceived, conceive me, it's an impulse that's in the heart. When a woman become pregnant with a baby, she conceived that baby. That baby is already in her womb. That baby is ready to grow. When a man is lusting after a woman and don't get rid of that, that desire, that craving, that longing, he conceive it in his womb. He conceive it in his heart. So being that it's conceived, it said he's drawn away by his own lust. And when it is conceived, it bring forth the adultery. Because you conceived it. You didn't do nothing with the thought. You conceived it. Don't tell me. See, this is, this is where people get it mixed up we always blaming something on the devil we always blaming something on what we saw when we grew up but let me tell you something you grown you have a will you have a choice not to do what your parents did just because you saw your mama your daddy your sisters and your brothers when it's your turn you have a choice to say no to addiction, no to fornication, no to adultery, no to lying, no to all of these things. God give you a choice, so don't blame the mama. Don't blame the daddy. He gave you a choice not to eat from the tree. Amen. And even when you are a sinner, you got a choice. So people blame what they do. You were drawn away because you watched that woman. 
You kept your eyes on that woman. You looked at her wherever she was and you got an image in your head. It's the same way with women. And then guess what? Now that the image is there and you already conceived it, male and female, now everybody wants you. Because hmm. you're drawn away. You're going to bring forth what you conceived. And you try to hide it, but it always, say it again, it's going to pop up somewhere. So guess what you got to do? To put that fire out, you got to use your husband or your wife to portray somebody else you want. So when you are one, whatever affects the man is going to affect the woman. If the woman is in the spirit on the Lord's day, she's already going to know that man's thoughts. She's already going to know that there's a pulling away from her that's not like it used to be. But see what happens when people get caught up in what they were drawn away with and what they have conceived. Now they want to buy the woman. Now they want to do for the woman like they never done before because they feel guilty. I'm going somewhere. Now they want to make her feel like a queen and I'm your king to try to suffice for what they were done, what they did. But they cannot mend that broken heart. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Only God can do that. I'm using this to tell you once sin is conceived, once you welcome it in your house, once you let it take root in your house, whatever sin it is, it's going to bring forth. May not be the day, but it may be next week because you conceived it and you're not doing nothing about it. It takes the word. Thank you, honey. It takes the word of God to get rid of anything that you have conceived. But the part of the verse that I want you to get that it says God is not about evil. God is all about good. God is about righteousness, no unrighteousness. That's who he is. Everything that he does is right. You ain't going to find no evil in God. You're only going to find light and no darkness. So if you in him, you walk in the light just as he walked in the light. The light is the word of God. So when you see yourself going in darkness, you got to open up the light. Did y'all not know? God knew. He said, as long as you on this earth, you're going to falter. He said, but I made a way that when you falter, he said, I done forgiven you for your past, present, and future sins. But once you realize what you done, he said, that's when you turn away from what you're doing. Why? Because the word of God will sustain you. The word of God will keep you. You can be kept through this word. So every pop-up that come in your life, this is where where I'm going with these pop-ups. So we see that God is not about evil, right? God is about what? He's about good. Because everything that God create is good. So when you have a pop-up in your mind, when it pops up, where are they coming from? I'm going to deal with your conscience and your subconscious. This is what you have to do. Your conscience is what you're aware of. Your conscience is what's around you on a daily basis. We're in a fallen world. All we see is what? Evil. 
But we cannot grab hold to that evil. That's why we got to watch what we watch on TV. Got to watch what we hear on the radio. We got to watch where we go and whom we are around because those are the things we are conscious of. If I hang with a person that's a sinner and I'm hanging with that person all day long, but I'm not bringing truth to them, guess what I'm going to be conscious of? I'm going to be more conscious of what they're doing, their lifestyle, then all of a sudden they're being nice to me and saying, Apostle, you need to do this. Apostle, you need to do that. Okay, because they're nice. Apostle, I got this for you. Okay. So I start falling into their way of doing. I start turning away from what I believe because guess what? I'm conscious of what they do. So when I go home, I think about what we done that day. And the more I think about what we done that day, it's going in my subconscious, which we're going to say that's your heart. It's going in the subconscious. So guess what's happening? The subconscious works all the time. Your conscious give you a thought. The thought is there because you're seeing things. But guess what? That thought got to go somewhere. Your subconscious is that program that holds memories, that holds everything that go on in your life. I'll give you an example. Remember I said that the Holy Ghost and your conscience work together, but your conscience got to be clear. So if the Holy Ghost and the conscience is working together, let me tell you what Paul said. Go in Romans 9, 1. The word will line up. Romans 9.1 says this. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. So Paul's conscience was bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. Because guess what? Paul was in the word. He knew. He had a clear conscience. So no matter which way they came at him. His conscience was clear. So see everything that come into your conscience. Have to have a place. So. Let me go here. Anything that you think about the most and you don't get rid of that thought, whether it's a bad thought. If you go to bed with those thoughts of fear, those thoughts of sickness, those thoughts of anxiety, those thoughts of worry. When you lay down, your conscience is still at work. Your conscience never sleep. When you leave on the television, whatever's coming out of that television goes down into your conscience, your subconscious. So see, your conscience is still aware of what's going on, but it goes into the subconscious. So you begin to have dreams about what you laid down with. And you thinking, God, are you telling me I'm going to die? God, if you telling me this is what's going to happen to me, it's because of your thinking all day long. So when you lay down, you laying down on that and it opens up pictures of what you've been thinking about all day long. And you're thinking it's God telling you to do this. Or God telling you to do that. But it's how you lay down. When a person is in a coma, they still hear. They still are aware of what's going on around them. So you can't go in there and talk death. Because they're dreaming death. They're thinking death. Their conscience is always working. So this is what I'm saying. The reason why we have pop-ups is because the Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Whatever you're thinking about, and it's contrary to the word, if you don't get rid of it, it's taking a root. And when it takes root, guess what the conscience do? Just like a computer, you know how you look for a file? Your conscience go way back. And it looks for memories. You know how when you start telling people the stories of your life, where do you think it's coming from? Your subconscious, because it stores all your memories. 
If you got a bad report when you went to the doctor's office, when you wore certain clothes, go in your closet, put on those clothes, your subconscious bring back to you the day you wore those clothes and where you were. When you store hurt in your subconscious with somebody hurting you, whether it's church hurt, whether it's dealing with your marriage, relationship hurt, and you don't do nothing with that hurt, it goes in your subconscious. So when things begin to pop up, women, you know we're good for this. I remember. I remember the day it was when you did it. And a man done forgot about it and say, that's a lie. That ain't true. Because a woman can retain more than a man. A woman can bring up stuff that happened 20 years ago and the man be like, you lying. I call somebody and tell you I ain't lying. I tell you who you was with. Another argument, because that woman kept it in the subconscious, and when the man said something, it popped up. And you like, you dirty dog, you. I knew what you done. That's because you didn't get rid of it. You held it, and your conscience brought it back. So see, your subconscious hold on to things. So that's why we got to cast down. Y'all better get this. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Because see, what happens is the enemy say, I got something holding you. And it turns into a stronghold. A stronghold is where you're in bondage due to your way of thinking. And even though God has forgiven you for that, you have not forgiven yourself because you took those thoughts that the enemy was bringing and you dwelled on those thoughts. And every time something would come up with that subject, you felt guilty. The Bible says that now that you're in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. And if you feel in condemnation, it's because you held on to something that you didn't allow the word to get rid of. People have shame. They have shame and guilt because of what they hold on to and they blame other people for the shame and guilt because they have not taken the word. This is why the Bible tells us that we repent and God will cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. The reason why you repent because you turn from that and you let the word cleanse you from that because God has already forgiven you for that. But the reason why you still feeling guilty because you held it for many years, it turned into a stronghold so it's going to take some time to dig it up it's not going to happen overnight because once you forgive a person and that person know that they are forgiven we shouldn't rehearse this when you keep rehearsing it over and over again you're putting guilt back on that person that person cannot change what they done to you they done it y'all they can't change it but if you're going to forgive them you got to do like God he forgave and he don't even remember it no more so when the enemy tried to bring that picture back up to you you got to say I cast that down in the name of Jesus that's not who they are that's not who God created them to be they're the righteousness of God and they're righteous because of Jesus Christ you cannot do nothing to change a person perceptive about you You have to speak the word. See, we always hold people guilty, y'all. We always put people in guilt. You know why? Because it makes us feel good that they're guilty. But in God's eyes, they've been justified. So if they know that God has justified them, they shouldn't be trying to do something for you to justify. Because God done covered that. God done done away with it. With Jesus on the cross. 
So this is why we, as the children of God, when we know who we are, we don't have to try to do nothing to please people. When you're trying to please people, guess what? You're not trying to please God. God's supposed to be the one that you see, not people. Whatever you do, you need to quit trying to hide from people. God already saw you before you done it. But God's going to love you even when you get up from what you've done. Just like he told the woman that committed adultery. He said, go and sin no more. He said, where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn thee. But he said something, go and sin no more. So that's what we're supposed to do. So the conscious and the subconscious, what we do, these pop-ups come from your subconscious. Whatever things that you have stored. Have y'all ever looked for something? Remember I said the Holy Spirit and the conscience work together, right? The Holy Spirit, he speaks to your conscience. That's where that right and wrong is. But when he speaks to that, it's back, way back. Like you said, what did I do with them keys? Where did I put those keys? Oh, no, I'm going to give you another example. You know how you can walk up on people and they'll say, hey, how you doing? You're like, hey. And then in your mind, you're like, who that? Who that? Yeah, I'm doing good. How you doing? I ain't seen you in a long time. Hey! So then you get ready to pull off, and then in your mind, you're saying to yourself, you're saying, who is that? Who was that? Who is that? Two hours later, your subconscious bring up a memory. That's who it is! My God! Baby, that's who it is! You remember? You remember? Now you got to get them time to remember. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking. You do know what I'm talking about. It took you two hours. Now it's going to take them four. Just wait. Your subconscious hold memories of things that have happened. So this is what God is saying to the body of Christ. The pop-ups that you're having, you got to know if they're from God or is it from things that you haven't dealt with. And the only way you can clean that up is through the word of God. That's why you got to stay full of him. That's why you got to stay full of the word. Give you some more examples. So remember when they come out of Egypt, God said, when you get in these lands, he said, I want you to literally destroy everything in that land, the altars, the high places. He said, I only want you to marry with them in that land. Why did he say that? Because he know that everything that they thought about, everything that they looked at is what they're going to bring forth. And God said, I only want you to know my law. I only want you to know my way of doing things. So you got to tear down these things. God is saying we got to tear down things that we have allowed to take root in our lives. When you tear down those things, I got good news for you. You can hear the Holy Spirit more clear. Because see, things block you from hearing what he's saying. Because you done got so much in your subconscious things that you thought about. Things that you thought that was right. And your conscience can be seared. Meaning that, let's go there. Go to 1 Timothy. I want to say the fourth chapter. Could be wrong, but we're going to see. Yeah, the fourth chapter. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We're in these times right now. Speaking lies and hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So the reason why the conscience is seared is because they're listening to things that are not of God. They're listening to false doctrine. They're listening to stuff that God is not saying. So their conscience is like it shuts down. 
That conscience is more aware of evil than it's aware of good because you're not taking the word of God and using the word of God the way it needs to be used. You have some people, you can give them truth and they act like you're telling them a lie. Their conscience is seared. They already believe what they're doing is so right. They're saying yes to you. That's a hypocrite. They're saying yes, but they already know what they're going to do. Their conscience is seared. They have so much of me, myself, and I there. That they don't hear God when he even speaking through somebody else. So when you have a seared conscience, you come to believe what you believe is good and you think it's right because that's all you talk about. That's all you think about. Then you get with somebody else and you tell them what you're thinking and what you're doing. They agree with you. And after a while, they're not hearing what the Holy Ghost have to say. So it's time for us to get into this word, the word of God. Take the word for what it is. Know who you are now that you're in Christ. And the more you know who you are now that you're in Christ, when things pop up, you can say, oh, no, that's not God. I bind that in the name of Jesus. You're not staying here. That's not who I am. That's not what God has done for me. So this is how you get rid of all of these things. Ask the Holy Spirit. That's why David, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, he said, I didn't sin against y'all. I sinned against God. He was worried more about what God thought. He wasn't thinking about what people think. Because can I tell you something? You can repent 24-7 and people will still call you what they want to call you. Save folk. But when you turn your heart over to God and God truly know your heart and you truly have repented, you don't worry about what nobody think about you. You don't worry about people justifying you. You continue to do what God tells you to do. That's why I know rejected people. Because people that are rejected are more concerned about what people are going to say. How people are going to react. But when you know that you accept it by him, you're not worrying about how people feel about you. You're going to tell them the truth if they never like you. God will deal with their heart. You can't deal with them. Let God deal with them. You do what the word tells you to do. So this is the things that we have to deal with. And we want to deal with these pop-ups through the word of God. And the only way we can do it is spending time. If you have the word, use it. Use the word. What grieves me so much, and I know it's the Holy Ghost in me, when I see people in the same situation, they don't have to be in that situation. When I see you going down the same road, And God has given you the medicine. How many, when you go to the doctor and they tell you, if you don't stop doing this, you ain't going to be here next year. Oh, my goodness. You clean out your refrigerator. Tell your wife they ain't eating like they used to eat no more. You getting your whole house in order. Don't bring that back up in here no more. This is what we're going to do from here on out. But when God, give you medicine every Tuesday and every Sunday you act like it ain't nothing some people and this is above everything you can take and when you get this in you and you get full of the word of God when a pop up come through what you heard you can dismiss it so quick it's like it never came because the word come and stand in front of it and block it That's that shield. See, you got to keep on that belt of truth. You got to keep on that breastplate of righteousness. You got to keep on those shoes of peace. 
You got to keep that sword. You got to keep the shield. You got to keep the helmet of salvation. You got to continually renew your mind every day. You can't continually go to people and say, what should I do? Because that feeling going to leave you after a while. Even though they're telling you what God said, that's going to die out. But when you hold on to the word of God yourself, when you can't get nobody, you know you can count on the word. So we have to be able to hear him. The reason why we can't hear him, God is saying you got a lot of junk in your trunk. You got to clear out the junk that's in your trunk. And when you clear that out, y'all, it's so good because my husband, he was on the computer working with QuickBooks. And, you know, QuickBooks is a company that we do all our church stuff with, and he getting his stuff right, so he was working with them. And the lady he was working with, she's such a nice lady, and I just set up his printer in the office, and I was saying, my, he called me in there. He said, the printer not working. I said, well, the printer, it was working. She said, well, we can't get it to work, so I'm following her lead. I'm being humble, but in my mind, I got to help. Holy Spirit, you know. So I'm sitting there following her lead, and as I'm following her lead, I looked, and I said, wait a minute. I said, she said, hold on a minute. I told my husband, I said, mm-mm. The destination supposed to be the printer. The destination is saying PDF. We got to change the destination. So I changed that humbly, changed it. So then I said, and another thing, we got to shut down this computer and we got to restart it. Then this printer is going to work. Couldn't, she could not get the printer to work, but I'm following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, I wasn't having no roadblocks. Wasn't having nothing else blocking me. I could hear him. So when she come back on the line, I still had to be humble because she was helping. You still have to show humility. So I began to suggest. I said, we need to turn off the computer. And I said, I went in and changed the destination. It was saying one thing and we need to do another. She said, okay, since you've done that too, change this. I said, okay. So we was working together. She said, go ahead and shut it down and I'll be right back. Shut it down, come back up. We print. How did I hear so quick? Because I didn't have nothing blocking me saying, they ain't going to work, this ain't going to work. I heard him more than I heard that, the pop-ups. You got to clear your consciousness of stuff that you have stored. When you think stuff opposite to the word of God all day long and you lay lay down with it, you're going to dream it. Because your subconscious is steady working while you sleep. When I leave on the television at night and I leave on Christian stuff, you know, music and stuff like that, both me and my husband woke up. I said, honey, I thought I was in the heaven. (laughs) Oh, I was such in a place. I'm like, I'm home. Because my conscience was steady, steady working and I woke up to just a presence that was so heavenly. But then when you go to sleep, and you leave the TV on a certain channel, you'll be dreaming about demons. And you're like, why do I dream about demons? Because you left your TV on and everything is playing and your subconscious is grabbing it. So you have to shut off stuff because you're going to take a thought to what you allow. And whatever you're reading, whatever you hear, the more you dwell on it, the more it becomes a part of you and it becomes real. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Your body heals itself through your thinking. God created your body to heal itself. So the more you talk to your body, the word of God, 
your body ain't going to do nothing but follow what the word says. If you get a sickness and you've had that sickness for a long time and they can't figure it out, your body is following what they can't figure out. But once you begin to change your thinking and say, this is who I am, this is what you're supposed to do, all of a sudden they're saying, I don't know what happened, but it's not showing what it used to show. Because you change your thinking. You have to change your thinking. When you change your thinking, you can change your living. So that's why we need to stay in the word. And when people talk sickness all the time, talk life. Talk life. When somebody come up to you and say, oh, the Bible says. But people are talking more about how they feel, Christians, than talking about what the word of God is saying. When you talk more of the word of God, you're changing your atmosphere. You got to change your atmosphere. When you're walking with sin, that's death. Anything that represents sin is death. You, you, your environment can be death. When fornication is around you, that's death. When adultery is around you, that's death. That's why he said, if I got rid of, he took fornication, he took adultery, he took murdering, he took stealing, he took it all upon himself. So he said, don't allow these things because that's not who you are. I turned away from sin. I couldn't look at sin. How can you be in the midst of it and think it's okay? Because you got a seared conscience. How can you stay around people and, and, and hang around them and not tell them that's not what God wants for you? That's not God's best. That's not God's best. This is God's best. This is what God wants for you. We remind Christians of righteousness. We don't re- condemn them. We tell them what the word says. It's up to, for them to do it, not for us to beat over their heads. So if you want to get rid of these pop-ups, say, Holy Spirit... Search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. And when he search you and it pop up, just go ahead and say, oh, Lord, and start working on it through the word. It's going to take you two months to get that one thing uprooted. Because it takes, it don't take long for it to get rooted. Have y'all noticed you can pick up sin quicker than you can pick up the word? Have y'all noticed that? You can grab when somebody say something to you negative all of a sudden you like, okay, that's what they say. And you dwelling on it, you dwelling on it, and this to who you consider yourself to be. Then when the word of God tell you you are a new creation in Christ, how am I a new creation in Christ? Why am I feeling this way? You won't even accept the word for what it's saying. Let's deal with these pop-ups. And let's deal with it through the word. Because as long as you're in this world, you're going to have pop-up after pop-up after pop-up and you got to deal with these quit running from the pop-ups and deal with the pop-ups quit hiding or acting like you don't see women or men deal with the lust deal with the craving deal with the desire and then say holy spirit why am i still having this where is this coming from what root is this and take the word of god and it's going to take the word of god to do a thorough cleansing And the more you get full of the word, a woman can walk in front of you, a man can walk in front of you. It's just like they ain't walked. It just go right past you. Y'all ain't nothing but the truth because when I was on my job, we had a boss. And he was a handsome little dude, the boss was. And the girls in the office, you remember Steve, 
They, oh, don't he look good? Don't he look good, man? Don't he look good? You see his shirt he had on there? So what are you talking about? Because my focus was on getting me right. I ain't had time to look at his shirt. I ain't had time to look at how he looked. My mind was everywhere. I was tore up. I'm trying not to hurt y'all. So I had to bring my stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't got time to look at no man. I'm tore up. So I just kept my headphones on. And the only thing I can visualize was what the word was saying. I ain't had time to look at nothing else but the word. Even when he walked by me, when he talked to me, it was nothing. It didn't even phase me. Didn't even move me because I knew I had a husband at home. And some people say, what? I say, as they say, true that, it's truth. Ain't nothing but the truth. Because my mind was so much on Jesus, so much on getting me right. I ain't have time to think about no adultery, no fornication. Because I was staying so full of him, that stuff didn't rouse me. You can keep your flesh so much under subjection. That you know it's Jesus. If you choose to, you have a choice to do or not to do. Even when the television come on, when me and my husband is watching something on TV, y'all, and the, uh, naked, I say, uh-uh, we're going to turn that. We're going to forward that thing. Because you can get a nice movie, and all of a sudden they'll project something. I say, now why you want to mess this up? Why you want to mess this up? You were doing right good. And I look at him and say, turn your head. Turn your head. I pick on him. I pick on him like that. <laughs> you do. You do. You have to help one another. Mm-hmm. Well, when that man had that shirt off, you ain't turn your head. No, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to push the button on the remote and couldn't find it. <laughs> we work together. That's what we do, y'all, to handle these pop-ups. But y'all, for real, ain't enough word in Miracle Temple. People are not getting into this word the way they're getting into everything else. And that's why we're having a lot of pop-ups in here with confusion, pop-ups in here with offense, pop-ups in here with anger, pop-ups with rejection, pop-ups with finances, pop up, pop up, pop up and trying to get people to fix it when you can go into the word of God and take time out to fix it for yourself. God say, get rid of the pop-ups and you can hear me more clearly. You'll know what I will have for you to do. Don't lay down on these pop-ups. If you're worried about something, get rid of that. Roll it over to him. Begin to go into praise and worship before you lay down. And say, I, I will not lay down on this because, God, this is what you said. Begin to play the, the Bible while you're sleeping to get your mind at ease, your mind at rest. Because if you don't, you're going to wake up angry. You're going to wake up feeling a certain way, looking a certain way, and your husband or your wife going to no, don't even say nothing. Get rid of the pop-ups. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God a good God, y'all? God is getting the body of Christ where they need to be for such a time as this because we're spending too much time on stuff in our lives instead of going out and doing what God is telling us to do because we're still trying to figure out What's going on with me? When the word of God will take care of what's going on with you, we just have to trust him 
and knowing that it's already done. Y'all, I'm ready to see people transform. I'm ready to see people change. I'm ready to see people healed. I'm ready to see them delivered. I'm ready to see them set free. I'm ready to see what God is saying that his, what his word is saying, y'all. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see the lame walk. I want to see the deaf hear. But what's happening is, is people perception. That's why you have to keep bringing the word of God. When they come negative, you come back with the word and say, no, this is what the word is saying. I hear you, but this is what the word is saying. That's what they say, but this is what the words say. We're going to stand on what the word is saying. This is what the word is saying. This is what the word is saying. No, I don't receive that. This is what the word is saying. We got to reprogram because they've been programmed in this way so long. And their body is acting like they've been programmed. Have you ever felt a fear come on you to the point you felt like it threw you down? Like it knocked you down. And when you reckon, up, oh, no, 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 no. It's like your adrenaline and everything just start rising up. And you act like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You have to stop and say, wait a minute. Stop, drop, and roll. Right, Evangelist Newton? Stop, drop, and roll. Hallelujah. Y'all, this is serious business, though. If you want your living to change, transform your thinking through the word of God, and things will begin to change in your life. And you won't be acting like the world is acting. You won't be doing like the world is doing. You satisfied. You can complete and content in him and what he's doing. The word will do it for you. It will do it. It's already done it. We just got to grab hold to what's already done. Amen? All right. Do we have, well, I don't see any visitors.